you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Is that true? I don't know. I wouldn't went with Pacific. Do we know the answer, Peanut? Why you put it on me? I thought that's your answer. You're supposed to know that. <laughs> You're supposed to know the answer to your questions. It w- is the Pacific. Yes, it is the Pacific. I know Oh, it. my God. You're I terrible. I need, a new, I need a new co-host. You don't even know the answer to these questions. Well, I thought it was Pacific, but then he said Atlantic, and I was like, I mean, he does have a doctor. Oh is he smarter God. than me right now? I thought I, I didn't. Sometimes I don't trust my, my lower level Alabama. You're killing me, Deacon. I apologize. I apologize. I don't trust Oh, my me. God. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the NFL Player Second Acts podcast. I'm Peanut Tillman. And as always, I got my guy with me, Roman Salt and Pepper Beard Harper. What's up with it? It's good, man. What's good with you, Peanut? It's good having you back. Yeah, Um, yeah. A little bit of I, Today, I'm, I'm really excited because I'm not the only Salt and Pepper Beard brother on the pod today. No, no, no. We we got a we we got a we got a good one. Um, let me let me let me read his resume real quick. Uh, he's a former wide receiver, first round pick in the '98 draft. Played six NFL seasons for the Titans and the Panthers. He's been a part of two of the most memorable plays in NFL history. Um, after his NFL career, he got into education where he earned two master's degrees and he holds a doctorate in education please welcome our guest kevin joe clark dr dyson i like that i like that joe clark now, i ain't put no hands on nobody yet but you know it's still some time why not why haven't you put hands on these little kids i put hands uh, on my kids every chance i get boy they are bad yeah, I know that's right. You know, I got bills to pay. You know, we're in the climate now. You can't hardly say anything to anybody anymore. But uh, hey, Rome, I love the, the salt and pepper, brother. You know, you got to keep it going. I colored it Thank for a little God. while now. I'm proudly wearing the salt and pepper. So, hey, man. Dr. Dyson, this is no, hold on, Peanut. Hold on, Peanut. Don't just skip over that. Don't just skip over that. No, 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 no. The only difference between yours is you probably got yours. I don't know, uh, a year or two ago. Rome been rocking the salt and pepper since he, he came out of the womb with a salt and pepper. Rome came out of the womb looking like Benjamin Button. Boy, he looked old when he came out of the womb. He just was gray and everything. <laughs> Peanut just is always talking because Peanut loves to, uh, well, how do they say, uh, loves trying to start stuff with me about my gray hair. He's offered up money many times and no, I'm not dying. So let's go. Yeah, so I uh, we'll, let's we'll, we'll get right into this thing real quick, Doctor Dice. Can I call you Doctor? Do people do you correct people with the the doctor part, or you just let them call you Mister Dyson or Doctor Dyson? Um, man, just call me whatever. Just don't call me out my name. I've had I've had people defend me though. I had a lot of parents and friends defend me. Uh, like no, he's Doctor Dyson now. But me, it, it don't matter, man. I, I tell you like this. Uh, Getting that those initials before my name was one of the greatest accomplishments I could ever have done personally. And I don't necessarily 
I didn't necessarily do it for the the name, the moniker. I just did it for the challenge and and that side of football right, to right. be able to accomplish something like that. That's what it was about for me. So, but it, I ain't gonna lie, it's kind of cool. Huge. Though. That's big. Yeah, it's yeah. cool though. So it I'm gonna is. call you, hey, Doctor Dyson. I like it. I, I'm a- I like it too. That was one of the big things we talked about, uh, Doc, Doctor Dyson, before we got on with you, Mister Kevin Dyson. Was that, you know, once he earns the doctorate, the fact that you went to school, you did all that. Like at that point, man, we gotta call you that because that's hard work. That's time put in, and uh, most yeah. people that earn it usually kind of go by. It. At least that's what we said we would. So yeah, yeah, yeah. no, so I appreciate I'm that. respect. You put the hard work in, so I'm a hey, Doctor Dyson is. All right, so let's. I'm going to get right into it. I'm going to cut the chase. So, as I said, involved in two of the most memorable plays in NFL history. Uh, mm-hmm. First, the the Music City Miracle, the kick, the trick, uh, kick return play, whatever. So, I know you talked about this many times, but I, I just want to know, uh, was it really a forward pass? <laughs> no, 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 no. Look at that. Now, take me and Frank out of the picture. <laughs> look at the flight of the ball. You look at the flight of the football. Is look look at the flag right. football. It's slightly okay. back. Look at that. So okay. you go by the flag of the football. I got you. The, the the rules in the rule book is the flag of the football is horizontal or slightly back. The, not the person. So by that definition, it's definitely a lateral. Were you even supposed to be on the field? Like how did that who came up with that play? Um so Alan Lowry, I guess he had run at, at um University of Texas where he went to school, he had run something similar. Uh, back in okay. the 60s, I believe, 60s or 70s. Okay. And uh, now nah, I wasn't supposed to be on the field. So that was something, you know how it is on Saturday mornings, you're going through walkthroughs, you're going through situational football, two-minute drill, sudden change, and you're doing something like that. And you got to win plays. Um, that was something that we always worked on on Saturdays. One of the last things we did, and I I was a starting receiver, so I won on kickoff return team or nothing like that. Other than hands, that was all I was on. So I was one of those players, like, you know, I had one foot on the field, one foot in the door, ready to go. And, um, you know, you watch it, you see what they, what they do, but at the end of the day, you're like, we're not really going to run this. Like, when is the situation going to present itself when you're going to run this play, right? And um, uh, Derek Mason had gone out. I think he got concussed on a punt return. Around that time, he that was happening, I went in to get an IV. I was dehydrated. I had been, been diluting myself. Go figure, it was cold, and I'd just been drinking too much water and just was diluting myself. And so I was cramping up. So I went in to get IV. Around the time he's being concussed, his backup, Tony Anthony Dorsett Jr., um, was cramping up at the end of the game and couldn't run. So Was it I like guess, 90 degrees outside? Like, no. Dude, you guys are – Terribly hydrated. I, <laughs> everywhere. I, I didn't have enough electrolytes. I mean, I, I learned this later. I, I didn't have enough electrolytes. I was just drinking too much water. And so he and he yeah, couldn't run. And they called me, I guess, because I, you know, I kept returning college and I did some my rookie year, some punt return and stuff like that. So Jeff Fisher and Al Lowry came up to me and they started saying, hey, we're going to run home and throw back. You're going to go in there for Mace and, and – uh, if Isaac Bird's going to slide over. They're going to get the squib. They're going to give it to Frank. He's going to ladder it. So they're running this whole thing down to me. So the gist so of the play was – you weren't supposed to be in there. <laughs> no, nah, I wasn't supposed to get the lateral, let alone be in there. So the oh, gist wow. of the play is, you know, in those situations, you play for a squib. Well, we put Frank in. He had a great hand to play for the squib, and then he does what he does. Well, the number one return man, if you will, the furthest away from Frank, which would have been Isaac Bird. Is supposed to get the lateral. My job was to get in re- pitch relationship with him as he ran down the field. 
If he gets in trouble, pitch to me. I get what I get and get out of bounds, whatever. Kick the field goal. Well, they blooped it. Doug Christie blooped it. And so when he did that, I don't know if Isaac, who hadn't really run the play from that position at all, I don't know why. I haven't talked to him in 20 years about it. We've spoken. I just never asked him. And he comes up to field it, and he gets stumbles on him. Now I'm just last man standing. Frank threw it. I To this day, I don't, Frank can tell me all he wants to. He didn't know who was over there. He just threw it. And I caught it, man, and it opened up. It was just – all I had to do was run. That was the easy part. Well, I promise you, they didn't think Frank was going to score, though. That's why he probably <laughs> threw it. So so, so that was another thing. So, n- number one, first time hearing this all this story, because I remember this play specifically. The fact that, like, two people busted makes me laugh, right? Like, yeah. you never know that by the way it worked out. Like, actually, it wasn't even supposed to go that way, but that's usually how football is. Right. Number two, my, my real question to you is that – why did the whole defense go over there with Frank Wycheck? They, did they think he was going to crib it or something? Like, they all went over there, and then next thing you know, you were wide open by yourself <laughs> with a couple of blockers out there in front of you. It's just so crazy watching it on TV. I'm like, but looking back on it, I'm like, hindsight's always wow. 20 20. I'm like, why did everybody go with Frank Wycheck? Like, he's just going to go house it or something. <laughs> you know, I, I, I want to ask him that question. This, this is my philosophy <laughs> on that whole thing. We have been pretty much dominating the whole game. The score wasn't depicting of that. Like, you know what I mean? we It was a close game, but we pretty much were controlling that game up until midway through the fourth quarter, and then they got the touchdown late in the game to take the lead. And mm-hmm. I think because it was such a hard-fought game, they were just anxious to end it. You know, get the, get the the make the play, make us go. You know, we didn't have much time left. You, the odds of us going the length of the field are – go 40, 50 yards, get a field goal range. I felt like they were like, I'm going ahead and go make this play. So they got out of position. And all I did was run because I had a wall of people. So, you know, my my job literally, I literally did not get touched until I started celebrating. That's how that's how <laughs> how much out of position they were. They didn't have to break a tackle, nothing. They just all saw ball, went ball, and got out of position. All right. Now we heard one of your teachers made a meme of the last play <laughs> and it's a frame on your desk at school. Is, yeah, is it still man. there? Yep. Is it yep. still there? Yep. Is that just a constant reminder that you're just one yard short? You just <laughs> just a little short mm. all the Football's time. Football's a game of inches. It's like what, it is, really what is, is that reminder man. of? Like I want to know that. What is that reminder? Oh man, it's like this. You know, you can't take the good without taking the bad. And you got there's lessons yeah. in both. And I tell people all the time, I think I learned more from that than I did Music Miracle. Like the Mississippi Miracle, I, like I told you, I was supposed to be a part of it. It didn't happen. I was supposed to. I get it. I'm I'm on TV. Everybody's talking about me. The Super Bowl, I'm in the progression. I think I'm in. It's the end of the game. It's the first time, especially in the pros, but from anything in sports that I can remember that I did not get it done, that I was not successful at the end. I'm talking about having to hit two free throws at the end of the game to win, like PK kicks in soccer, game-winning catches in football. That was the first time in my athletic life that I can remember. It was the biggest game of my life. And so, yeah. you know, there's a, a lot of life lessons in that. You know what I mean? Because you just never know when your opportunity is going to come. You got to be ready for it. And when they do come and you're not successful, what do you do for them from that point on? And that next offseason, man, y'all know y'all trained, man, that, that focus. Yeah. Not that I wasn't focused before, but that focus was hyper, man. I just was like, I want to get back to that moment so bad. I, and, and just to yeah. prove, if nobody else, myself, that I can get it done. Uh, I put a lot of a lot of weight, a lot of pressure on myself for not scoring. I blame myself for a lot. And, you know, I've watched that play 
a million times on highlights. I haven't watched the game, still haven't watched the game in its entirety. Um, but that play is played every year. People see it and, then, and they've asked me this question, like, what could you have done differently and this and that? And and I've dissected plenty of times. I don't he just Mike Jones made a good play, man. He just sometimes yeah. you gotta tip your hat and the guy makes a good play. And that's what it is. Yeah. So I've been accessed numerous times, like having, you know, I didn't I didn't go to a, a, a great football or I didn't go to a great school known for football and lost a lot of games, still got drafted, played 13 years, made my place, kind of made a name for myself. And people always ask me, what would you change? And I, I give them the same answer. I wouldn't change anything. I, I think things happen the way they were for me. And I know some yeah. people, they, they do change that. So knowing your place in NFL history with those two plays, um, if you could, if you could trade them in for a longer career, would you do that? Ooh, man, you hit a nerve. I'm gonna tell you, Peanut. So, hey, I've thought this a lot. Like, okay, my counterpart was Derek Mason, and that yeah. was my running mate, and we we did a lot of good things together. And before I got hurt, he was my backup, right? And then mm-hmm. I got in, and that put him an opportunity. You know, you get opportunity, you don't you don't let it go, and that propelled him to a, probably a borderline Hall of Fame career. I think. He's in that conversation. He's had that kind of career. Um, and had he been in Museum of Miracle, who knows? I mean, you see what I'm saying? Because that was supposed to mean his moment yeah. was Museum Miracle, and he wasn't out there. And it was my moment. Um, and so I've thought about this a, a long time. I never got the big bag because I had all the injuries, tore my knee, tore my mm-hmm. Achilles, tore my hamstring. <clears throat> um, but I also recognize that we talked about it. Like, I don't think I, maybe my ambition or motivation to go get the, the master degrees or the doctorate. I don't know if it would have been the same. I don't know. I, okay. I, I cause, because I had a, I, I had a lot, a lot of life lessons because of what happened after that, after those moments, you know, that was my second year in the, in the league. Um, and that was within three weeks in my second year. And, um, after that, the next year, I thought I'm on my way. I'm starting to get the ball coming my way. I tear my knee up. I come back, have a good year. The very next year, I tear my hamstring up. Sign a free agent, one-year deal with Carolina, tear my hamstring up. And then I just never could never get over that hump to really prove my worth in the yeah. National Football League. Even though I felt like my talent was there, I just couldn't never get over that healthy hump. And so I've thought about this over long, long haul. Would I trade careers with my boy being Derek Mason? Because that's essentially kind of what happened in those moments. Mm-hmm. I traded a moment for him for the career, if you will, because I got hurt. He ended up stepping into the spot where I felt like I was going to be. And I don't I don't know. I don't think so, because of what I've accomplished since then, I don't know if I would have. I've grown so much more as a man in that right. way. And I know Mace has, too. We've talked, but. If I would have, I don't know if I would have been the same person I am today without these lessons I've had along the way. Right. Yeah. I mean, that, that's really, I get that. yeah, yeah, I do. Especially um, understanding like, like what you talked about, the whole, uh, the, the, the play that came up short, that's still on your, your desk right now. All the life You're lessons right. you learn, you learn way more from the coming up short, the, the shortcomings in life sometimes, and even the biggest successes and, uh, but it's learning moments in both. Right. And, um, so in 2003, uh, your last year was with the Panthers. You just kind of reminisced about that for a second. At mm-hmm. what point did you know it was time? Was it because of all the injuries or was it something else specifically? Well, I still chased the dream for a couple more years. Um, I went mm-hmm. to uh, 
Washington. Um, and I got there at the end. I was having a great camp. I mean, I, people was like, I was playing with Smoke, you know, Sean Spring, a couple people. It was like, man, you, you still got some stuff in your tank. And they said, you just okay. coming off the couch? You still okay. got, you coming off the couch like this? I was like, man, I'm, you know. And I get into that room with Vinny Serrato and uh, Joe Gibbs. And they said, man, you had one of the best camps of all our receivers. Uh, but I like to keep a lot of H-backs. Y'all know the old Washington Redskins offense. Both of y'all play D, so you yeah. get, you know what I'm talking about. They was coming downhill. They they kept a lot of tight ends, fullbacks, running backs. That's when they had Clinton Porters. And then they just signed uh, Santana Moss. Santana um, Moss. Uh, David Patton. They just drafted um, – they signed James Thrasher, multi-year deal. He's a special teams guru. They just drafted um, – I wish his name from Florida. I forget his name right now. Uh, receiver from Florida. And then they had Sellers, they had Portis, they had all these running backs. And he said, Man, I just don't know we have a spot for you. I said, Coach, I understand that. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't, I was getting cousin because of my talent it wasn't there. It was because it was a numbers game. And then um, I said, That's okay. So I kept working out and San Diego Chargers called. And that was the year Phillip Rivers and them were um, drafted. Um, and uh, Phil Rivers came in, and it was Drew Brees, and at the end of that that season, and again, it's kind of the same sentiment. Schottenheimer kind of said the same thing. He just like, man, it's a numbers game. I got to the point I was turning thirty years old. Um, I can keep chasing a dream. I had Canada calling, I had Arena Ball calling, I had teams calling to see if I was still in shape. I was telling them, yeah, I'm still working out. It was just like people keep me on tap, but they weren't pulling the trigger. And so yeah, I said, man, at some point I gotta I gotta move on. I can't be chasing this dream. I got miles to feed, wife, you know, and I didn't want to be like be thirty four years old still chasing the dream because now I'm getting older, right? I'm, I'm I right. just turned thirty and and things of that nature. So I um I just made a decision, man, right right before I turned thirty years old to say, you know, it's time to make a move, do something different. Yeah, I you got yeah. a great memory. I just want you to know that. The fact that you can <laughs> rattle off like all these names, you just never forget, I guess. But your memory is impeccable. It is really <laughs> something that should be applauded. And after the, hearing all this, we should call you doctor. So that first year when we all retired, it can be hard for, for some of us. Some of us kind of figured out. Some of us, we don't. I think I was a guy who struggled my first year. And you've often described uh, the first year in retirement as losing a loved one or like overcoming an addiction. And I think I can relate to, it was, it was kind of like losing a loss, uh, a loved one. So what was, what was that first year like for you? Man, it just like you said, I, you know, there's that, that, that moment of depression. I, I feel like I, now I can look back on it being older and wiser. Uh, I, I, I think I dealt with that. There's an emotional piece. There's a uh, denial. You know, I don't know how many times y'all have watched games and been like, man, I can still do that. I'm watching my backup. I'm watching my backup go get bags. I'm watching, you know, just everything going on. There's that. Um, there's anger. I was mad. I was mad at the league, man. I, I was. I was just like, like it. you know, that that's a whole nother story. But I was just like mad because I didn't get that opportunity to prove my worth. I felt like in and for different circumstances, especially at the end, um, fear. I didn't know what to do next. The natural fit was, do you go into coaching? And I, I chased that for a little while, but I don't know if I was about that life either. Um, uh, anxious, you wake up, 
You know, you're so used to getting up and going and getting lifting weights, watching film. And it, all through all that, man, all that change, your whole demeanor change, your whole um, philosophy change, uh, right. momentum, like everything just started changing. And, um, and I, like I said, I keep talking about it as like it's an addiction because there is some form of addiction or even, you know, losing a loved one, too, because it really is. It's the longest relationship you have. You know, you started playing, started playing football on the seven. I retired when I was thirty. That's twenty three years of of a love hate relationship, right? And so that's why I've, I've equated to that, and especially with the addiction piece, because man, the dream you you get addicted to that dream, um, right. whether, whether you get the multi million dollar contract or not, whether you get the rings or not. I mean, not they're not trying to say anything about Brett Favre or Tom Brady or even Jerry Rice, guys who played into their forties, but. I can see why. You know why they stayed as long as they could. Um, yeah. Just because, man, that dream. Um, and so it was rough, man. That first year, I started um, looking to coach. I went to Cub. I found how political that was. Mm-hmm. One school, my, even my own model monitor, he was like, you know, Kevin, I don't know if guys that, that, that coach at this level had never without prior coaching experience. And then a couple years later, he hired Brian Johnson as his quarterback coach. And and I was like, okay, so I see how this is. And then I went to another school. I thought he was, yeah. And went to another school. I thought he was going to hire me. And then, then all of a sudden, two schools did this to me, actually. And then all of a sudden, their phones went quiet. And then I look on the internet, and I see they hired two different people, two different people, respectively. And I was just like, man, is that really what it is? So I settled in on secondary education, man. And I enjoyed coaching kids at for the time I did it, man. I really did to be able to share what I had in me with some other kids. Right. Um, and then, truth be told, I learned a lot more about football um, that I didn't know. You know, we're so focused in on what we're doing and what the DB's doing, maybe the linebackers to a certain degree. But when I became a coach, especially when I became a head coach, I didn't know what the O-line was doing. I didn't know what the D-line was doing. I didn't know why right. coverages did this. I knew why blitzes did that. I had to learn so much more about the game. So, I, that would help me grow another appreciation for the game that gave me so much and took so much from me as well. But I grew another appreciation for it. And then that, then I was over it after a while. Cause I started that into to kids. Um, you kind of went into all the things that you dabbled into or got into while you were, you know, after retirement. And I know a lot of emotions probably fueled you and pushed you in these different directions, whether it was anger, anxiousness, uh, fear, whatever that was. But is it safe to say that, the the love for kids what kind of pushed you and kept you in this space of education like what pushed you there or was it a person what exactly got you there and made you stay man that's a great question i don't think nobody's ever asked me that um yeah i think it was i saw i had something that i can give back to kids and they were gravitating to it and i knew it was because of my past i knew part of it was i had that that instant that instant um credibility to the kids um uh, because in a lot of them, and at that time the kids grew up watching me play you know one of the kids I coached was telling me about when he was four or five years old and he was at the music city miracle with his parents and yet now I'm coaching him you know what I'm saying so here I am quote unquote one of their heroes if you will and I'm coaching them and so yeah that essentially what got me and kept me where I was and then the whole school thing was just uh, me trying to better myself. Um, I said, well, if I'm going to be in this secondary education world, 
Uh, I knew doors would open for me because of my past. So I, my, the term I've used is um, I wanted to be qualified, so I was justified. And so I wanted to go learn as much as I could about this education world, uh, about teaching. Um, and the second master's, that, that, and I know that's, it sounds impressive, but it was kind of on accident and her, had on happenstance. I, I was doing a private school thing first. And then um, I had I went to public school and I didn't have a teaching license, so I had to go back to school to get my master's degree, so I get my teaching license. So and that's how I know with two master's degrees. But the uh, and the doctor we'll talk about later. But um, to answer your question, Rome, yeah, man, the kids ultimately seeing that I had an uh, impact um, kept me there. And um, then when I transitioned, it was kind of the same thing. I, it was I grew as a leader, as an individual leader, and I was only have impact on kids. I saw us having an impact on adults, and that was um, was real cool for me. So I was like, man, I, I kind of like this. So that's why I moved into the administrative administrative part of it. Don't you apologize anymore for getting all these educations and degrees, all right? <laughs> stop, stop, just stop. No, man. It's okay. It's okay. Don't downplay <laughs> it. Let us boost you up. That's why we got yeah. you here. Yeah. Hey, I never thought myself be smart, man. And I, and I, you know, I'm just, one thing I do know is how to work work yep. hard and getting them degrees man it was funny and i've said this and read what people think why i've said it's one of my greatest accomplishments is it everything i poured into athletics i finally poured into my academics and it's all one and the same you know it, it's just a new motivation a new work ethic a new determination all that stuff i did to get myself ready to play football I just did that same thing for school and it worked out, you know, and that's what I tell people. It's like, you, you must be smart. I said, no, nah, I just know how to work hard. And, and, and that was something I had to work harder at because it didn't come as natural. It didn't as, come natural. Yeah, right. Yeah. Lifting weights, running, running routes, uh, all that stuff you had to do to be put yourself in the optimal shape to be a football player. Um, I just did it from an academic standpoint. I mean, you, you said you called it your getting your doctorate like your Mount Everest. I don't know yes. any other yeah. former players that have got that have received a doctorate. And um what would I often I often think about this. So one of my one of my philosophies is when you lose, don't lose the lesson. And as yeah. I get older, we get wiser and we grow right. and we learn. And you said that, you know, looking back, I could say this and I felt that. So what would uh a 30 year old NFL first round pick say to a principal with a doctorate, mm -hmm. what would that Kevin Dyson say to Dr. Dyson? Wow, man, you two coming up with some great questions. I appreciate this. Um, <laughs> There's a lot of think, thought that goes into um, it. Uh, really? We got a good, we got um, a good team. We, we do have a good we, team. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, no, no, I appreciate that. No, that, that's real talk. That's good because, you know, I'm writing a book and it's making me evaluate kind of where I'm going with yeah. that. But, you know, they're two can, totally different back, worlds. You know, when you're 22, right, the 22 to the 30 year old kid who that dream was just right there, right? You just, you're drafted, you're playing in the field, playing a couple Super Bowls, and that's your world. you like, that's, that's all you know. Um, like I like I told people, my first master's class, I get in there and the professor says, "Hey, we you're talking about what's on the syllabus? You got to do a Word Excel, you got to do a PowerPoint." And at that point, I had no idea what none of that was because remember, like Microsoft Word wasn't happening when I was in college, right? That's how old I am, right? And so, I I didn't know the world. All I knew was football, 
I knew the world from like traveling and all those things that afforded us because we have money to do those sorts of things. But I really didn't know the world. I didn't know books. I didn't know academia. I didn't know that side of it. So what I, I would, my 30 year old or younger self would ask myself now, 47, is like, what would you do differently as far as that? I would have taken the time to really enjoy my life and not taking football so serious. So I think I took football so serious and put so much pressure on that because I was chasing that bag. I was chasing the dream, wanted a ring. I wanted to be known. I wanted the notoriety, the, all the stuff that comes with playing ball. And it, it, I think about now so short-sighted compared to the extent of life. Like for most of us, we end in our 30s and I'm 47. So I'm, I was going to be a young man if I got to play 10, 15 years anyway. Uh, so it was going to be the same sort of thing. What's what next? How am I going to grow as an individual? And this is what I would now on this side of it from my older self, the Dr. Kevin Dyson side, telling my younger self, man, it's like you like to believe you have a long life to live, man. And so do everything you think you ever wanted to do. Grow as you can. Grow as an individual. Right. Even do stuff you didn't think you wanted to do or you think didn't think you could accomplish. I never thought I'd go get my doctorate. I, that didn't seem ever in the possibility of what I could do. And to do to be of one percent on being a first round draft pick and one percent of being called doctor in this, in in education, man, you would if you would have told me that was going to be my path, I would have told you, man, you crazy. Yeah, I just That's thought, oh, yeah, I, I thought I'd play football, go coach for a few years, and then own a couple of businesses and and chill. Like you know what I mean? Like I didn't I didn't have this. It was not in my plan book, uh, my playbook. It was just happened, and I'm happy it did because. It's taught me a lot about myself. It made me evaluate myself a lot. And I and I even like y'all know you play you as a professional athlete, we evaluate ourselves every day. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, people don't do that. And we do it as pro athletes because if we don't do it, the coaches are, your teammates are, the fan is, the administration is, we're being evaluated every time. Every time they put that film on, you're being evaluated. So if you don't evaluate yourself and try to get better, then it doesn't then you're not gonna last long. Well, if you don't do that on this side right. of your of the equation, you you're never gonna figure out what drives you, the what gives you purpose again, what fuels you, what what helps you make money um, right. to, to support your family. because uh, you know, the average life expectancy of a football player is what, 56, 57, something to that effect. Yeah. So that's not a long time. So Hopefully, rest in peace, uh, Franco Harris, he died at 72. Hopefully, we can live a lot longer than that, but life is not promised. So what are you going to do today to make yourself better for tomorrow? And that's kind of how I started thinking as I started getting more and more to the educational piece. You hadn't even said it. Yeah, I was first-round draft pick, 16th overall, but I was also drafted in front of one of the best receivers ever to do it, Randy Moss. I was the first receiver taken, right? People didn't know I was battling with that my whole career. Like I was dealing with that from a psychological standpoint and social emotional standpoint all my career, thinking like, like belittling myself. Like, do I deserve this? Like, here he is doing this, and I'm sitting here, like watching him go ahead and catch 10, 15 balls a game, and I'm, I'm getting scraps, and you know what I mean. And I'm, I'm measuring myself up to that, and and I'm assuming everybody else is doing the same, you know. And so I'm walking into. Uh, meeting rooms or to facilities and I'm thinking like man everybody wishes I was Moss and I don't know if that's true or not it could be but that's how I was walking in every day anxious and then and feeling that and I know there's other young men that 
kind of have that same sentiment. There's a lot of pressure we put on ourselves. So my older self, my 47-year-old self, we told, told my little 20-something-year-old kid self, man, just be you. Go out there and be the best version of you. And if that's not good enough, somebody else will like it, you know, but I didn't think of it like that. Comparison so, is the devil's I, joy. You know what, though? Like, listen, right. listening to you, uh, Dr. Dyson, is just, it's really intriguing into the mindset of where so many of our athletes are and former NFL players' minds are at. And, you know, one statement mm -hmm. that you said in other interviews and other sit-downs is that, and it comes to you like wanting to be an educator, was that, you know, you want to be qualified so you would be justified. But is that really almost like a synopsis of your whole life and career? The fact that you got drafted in front of Randy Moss. Yeah. You never felt qualified for that after you saw what Randy Moss was doing. Mm. You come up one yard short right. in the Super Bowl play where everybody remembers <laughs> when Mike Jones tackles you. So you mm. never felt qualified from there. Mm. You see Derek Mason come in, yep. your backup, start ball and go get the bag. You can't mm. get over injuries. You mm. never qualify for those things, too. So you literally... <laughs> Your whole life, you're chasing these things, and you never feel as, as as accomplished as you were as an athlete. You never felt qualified for anything, and so now you go and get yep. these degrees to make or give yourself this sense of like, okay, I belong. And so, yep. It, it, has that really done that for you? Man. Has that really yep. done that for you? I, I think that's what we need to get across to all of our listeners yep. and people watching is that. Like so many of us never feel qualified for as accomplished yeah. as we are. We never feel where we truly are justified. Like, man, we did it right. Yeah. Uh, Cause we didn't reach that moment. We didn't hit that goal, whatever that is. And so yeah. has being this educator, like, have you reached that goal? And maybe if you have or have not, what was so fulfilling about it? Or have you got to this place of fulfillment yet? God, man, wrong, man. Look at y'all, man. Look hey, at that's, hey, that's Deacon right there. Man, that's why I was like, mm, mm. Hey, all I needed was an organ. That's that's the Deacon right there. That's the, hey, When you hear me going, mm, mm. This is definitely mm -hmm. beyond sport right here. Mm -hmm. I love it. This is definitely beyond sport, and this is right my alley right here. So I appreciate this. Y'all don't even know. Listen, you hit it right on the head, man, as, I, as I've um, grown and done that self-evaluation and trying to learn what's what and be who I am. That's exactly it, man. This is, I think why I'm so driven to be successful at this part of it is it is my own thing. It's something different than what anybody ever expected from me. You know, even as a kid being the best player on the team or whatever it was and never feeling like I ever fulfilled those expectations in a lot of respects. Um, this was my thing. Um, and it, you know, the whole saying, man, and you, we, you talking my book right now. I'm like, I got to finish it, but this, <laughs> this is, this is what it is, man. Being, being qualified. So I was justified. And, um, you know, like you talked about, I've had so many of those, I was right there and I never got over the hump. I never yeah. was. And, you know, I had, I had a moment or two, you know, the Super Bowl, the Missy Miracle and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I've always said humbly that to be, still be relevant 20 some odd years later, um, that's something I don't take for granted because there's a lot of cats that y'all know that play with us, play right. after us, and play before us that people don't talk about, don't know about, and they help all these Hall of Famers get those rings and get into the Hall of Fame, but nobody knows about them. So for me to actually have something people still talk about, still want to talk about, you know, it's humbling, and I appreciate that. But the end result of it is 
I think as a man, I had to have something I can identify for me that was mine, that was my mm -hmm. own, that I wasn't chasing somebody else's dream. I wasn't chasing uh, a, a ghost. I wasn't chasing the the success of Randy Moss. I wasn't chasing right. the success of my running mate, Derek Mason. I wasn't chasing everybody's expectations of me, you know, and, and I'm, I'm truth be told wrong. I'm just now getting there. Now I'm just now realizing that as I'm doing all this writing and, and things of that nature and talk about, it, I'm just now understanding that in the last year or two. So this is, I've been retired since I was 30. We're talking 15 it's years. A, of just process. Yeah. Right. And I'm, and as I think now you're starting to hear more about the mental health piece and, and mm -hmm. all the stuff that some of our teammates, our former players and stuff have gone through the CTE, depression, suicide and all that kind of stuff just makes you pause for a second. Like, am I okay? You know, and, 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 and you're like, okay, so what am I hanging on to? You know, and I still, don't get me wrong. I still got my faults, man. I, I still have my struggles. My wife would tell you that for sure. But, um, it, but it's a, it's an ongoing process. And when I think it started with knowledge itself and I'm trying to get to learn myself, cause you're talking about 40 some years of habit or history that I'm trying to right. unfold, unpack and figure out. But you said it in probably better terms out loud that I don't know if I've ever shared with anybody, but truth be told, yeah, man, I feel like I've been chasing ghosts my whole life. And, and it's, and it's only self-inflicted. It's only because of me. I don't, Randy, Randy wasn't worried about me. Mace wasn't worried about me, you know, shoot. No, they, they, they were doing the same thing. They were trying to make the most of their careers, do what they could at the best of their ability. Same thing. Yeah. They weren't thinking about me. And here I am worried about, dang, how I measure up, you know? So, but yeah, man, that's deep, man. You got me on the therapy couch now. I appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he 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 is old and wise. You said you forty seven. I think Rome fifty one. Right? <laughs> yeah, I think Rome fifty one with them suits he be wearing. <laughs> hey, so I was we clean too the other night, boy. Clean. Hey, you was you was clean with the with the turtleneck looking like a a, a black Bruce Wayne. <laughs> I saw him the other night. Doing your little draft clean, show. Though, I do wear the turtlenecks too, so we about the same age, you know. Yeah, y'all look at the Tennessee, uh, Alabama pimps over there. All right, look, we gonna take we gonna take a, a quick break. We are gonna pay some bills, and when we come back, we gonna have a couple of questions that uh, hopefully you can answer. You got the doctorate and everything, Doctor Dyson. Yeah. So we're gonna ask you a couple of questions that uh, a fifth grader should know. So uh, uh -huh, tune in. Here we go. We'll be we'll be we'll be right back. You you the educator, so. Joe College, this these is for you now, okay? Uh, yeah, you use right, it or well, lose you... it, man. Them, them, uh, <laughs> ask me some, ask me something about football. I can answer that. We'll do, we'll do. We'll be right back. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower. 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. All right. So now we're here with Dr. Kevin Dyson, wide receiver number one in the 2000, what draft? 2003 draft, right? 98, 98, 1990. Do your homework, Rome. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm, Bro, a 90s, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to, yeah, I'm trying to put all these things together. Anyways, <laughs> he not a that's not guy. important. Now, now <laughs> we get to call him doctor. We are going to make him, a, we're going to challenge him today. Right? Woo! That 
we're going to make you a little bit more nerve wracking here. All right. So we're going to kind of put it all out there. And uh, so defending your doctorate dissertation <laughs> or jumping out of an airplane with the Army Golden Knights. Ooh. Oh, wow. Um, I've done both. And I'll tell you what, they both were like bucket list. Never thought I'd do it. Which uh, one was more nerve wracking? I'm going to go jump out the airplane. Good. I don't blame you. That's yeah, way I'm more really, I'm going to go there. The reason being is as, as, because I was nervous wrecked when I was defending my, my dissertation, but my advisor, she stopped. She stopped me. She said, Kevin, you know your research. Relax. This, this is, this is not even like, this is not playing in a Super Bowl. Just, you know it and talk. And once she did that, I settled down and I was able to defend my, my research. Okay. But that jumping out the plane, I had no control. So, <laughs> <laughs> Did you jump out of a C-130? I don't remember what plane it was, man. They probably told me I wasn't paying attention. My mind was like, man, I just want to get to the ground. But I tell you what, it's the most liberating experience I ever had in my life. And when I was done, I want to go right back up. And I, I, I will go again. Fina, you want to get on that second question? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, go my ahead. question. Uh, go ahead. Oh, yeah, yeah. So my question to you now, these are fifth grader questions. You should know these. You, you have a doctorate. So. <laughs> No offense if you don't know him. Just throwing it out there, Doctor, Doctor Dyson. Um, who was the 16th president? Uh, I appreciate of that. No pressure. United no pressure. States. No pressure. Who? I'm gonna go with Wilson. Woodrow Wilson. I would have to say that is incorrect, nope. sir. It is Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. All right. It's okay. That was gonna be my first it, choice. What? I was like, Ooh. Yeah, it was. We weren't even trying to trick you on that one. What is the largest and deepest ocean in the world? Largest and deepest? Yes. The Atlantic. Both of them. Atlantic. <laughs> is that true? I don't know. I wouldn't went with Pacific. Do we know the answer, Peanut? Why are you put it on me? I thought that's your answer. You're supposed to know that. <laughs> You're supposed to know the answer to your questions. It is the Pacific. Yes, it is the Pacific. I knew oh it. my God, you're I terrible. I need a new. Pacific. I need a new co-host. You don't even know the answer to these questions. Well, I thought it was Pacific, but then he said Atlantic, and I was like, I mean, he does have a doctor. Oh is he smarter God. than me right now? I thought I, I didn't. Sometimes I don't trust my my lower level. Alabama you killing education. me, Deacon? I apologize. I apologize. I don't. Trust oh my God. Him. Don't trust. All right. Me. So the the Statue of Liberty was a gift uh, from what country? Oh, I know this one too. France. Yes, you got Boom. that one. Our yeah. oldest and longest uh, ally, world ally from, from the Europeans. Great job. All right. Who is the author of the book, To Kill a Mockingbird? Oh, man. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Okay. yeah. That one. Give it to him. What you got, oh. dog? <laughs> he buying time. He's oh. stalling. That's what that is. That's, that's all. That's, I am. That's a stall. I am. Technique. You know, stall technique. Yeah, is. I don't know it. And in his mind, he I like, do I know. have no damn idea. <laughs> hey, here's the reason why. So, you know, in that book, they say some choice words, and we're in a class. They do. Where you, you they know, do. And, and you had to deal with that in school. I had to deal with it. And yes. I'm kind of... I got all the characters' names mentioned. I cannot remember the author's name right now. Finch. I know Mr. Finch was one of the guys. Finch. Is that, yeah. Boo. Um, yeah. Oh, I forgot. Oh, you got me. See? Oh. 
maybe we should skip it and then we'll come back to it. All right. We got one more question. <laughs> Peanut, you want to get on the last question? Man, yeah. I'll so uh, last one, here's right? a science question. Which planet in our solar system is known for its beautiful rings? Saturn. Yes. Boom. All right. Who is the author to kill a mockingbird? Go. <laughs> oh, man. I'm thinking of all the characters. I, I can't remember. You know what's going to be messed up? I'm going to get off here. I'm not even going to Google it. I'm going to walk out and like, there it is. Watch. Uh, you going to tell him wrong? No, Dude. you are. Oh, man. What is it? Harper Lee. Harper Lee. Yeah. Harper Lee. God dang it, Harper Lee. That's what it is. I knew that's what it is. <laughs> that's my that's my dick. Um, that, that's what I was gonna say, son. Right? I dang it, right? That's, that's it. what I was gonna say. That's it right uh -huh. there. Oh, you man. know, they dang they got that book banned now from education because of the words in it. The but... choice words, yeah. Yeah, my kids deal with it too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. well, Dr. Dyson, man, I can't we can't thank you enough for just sharing your uh your story with us about the league, education, the first year of retirement. Um, just, hey, man, you, you you blessed us today. And I just want to say thank you very much. I appreciate it. Um, I love what you've done post-football. You know, people see you as a person, not just a football player, but you, you're principal of a high school, man. That's that's big. That's, that's powerful. I love that you reclaimed your worth and just everything you're doing. And I'm wishing you nothing but – growth success on this uh upcoming book that you have hey kevin man i would like to say thank you too bro um for really just being an open book for us today and really sharing your emotions your past uh things that you've been through which really led you to this to, today and, and sharing with our listeners so thank you brother no i appreciate y'all man i appreciate y'all getting me on the couch a little bit and you know it's easier to share that with guys that you feel like you know, you understand, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Cause y'all, y'all been there in your own way. We've been through it a um, lot too. Yeah. 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 Um, and again, doing this podcast, I do one as well. Um, similar talk about transitioning um, um, through life because people have asked me about my story. And so I've been doing something similar with my podcast and um, I guess I got a story to tell and um, I'm, I'm appreciative of y'all providing the opportunity to share it. Yeah, no man. doubt. We all got stories, but thank you for sharing yours with us and being vulnerable. Much respect, Doc. We appreciate you. Absolutely, you, bro. Appreciate it. I appreciate you. Once again, thank you to all the listeners for tuning in. I want to ask you to spread the word and to give us a rating, a review, and a follow on anywhere you pick up your podcast at, whether it's Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever else you tune in at for all your podcasts. Thank you so much for joining us again. Shout out. We out of here. And we out. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.